Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hi, hello, 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 my loves. Welcome back to Ask Floss, the place where you can ask me anything, anything you like. We've got some great questions in this week, so let's get started with question number one. Where do you get your gorgeous gold frames for your prints? Amazon and eBay. I don't think that they, they're the people that make them. I think it's some uh, random UK factory. But if you just type in vintage gold frames, it's literally the first thing that comes up on Google or eBay or Amazon. Okay, on to the next question. Why do exes always come back when I'm doing my best? Because they can sense you moving on. They can, they can see that you're no longer watching their stories. They can sense that you're no longer seeking for their attention online or in public. They just know. Also, anniversaries come around. You always get that weird text or something. They know. It's like they, they, have, a, they have a sixth sense. Fuck boys have a sixth, sixth sense. And also remember that fuck boys know no gender. So they all have this like little antenna that detects when their supply are running off and no longer give a shit about them. And please do not take your ex coming back as a sign to fuck them again. Do not. Okay, on to the next question. Thoughts on beauty pageants for kids? Well, they can't really consent to it, can they? Because they don't know that they're entering it. Um, I don't have many opinions on them because I know that um, some, it's just some people get thrown into it. It's their culture. It's what people do in different parts of the world. I wouldn't do it for my kid because I just I just think it's odd to put your ch- child into a world that they cannot consent to and one when they're automatically competing against other people based on their looks. It's different if it's like a costume event or you get creative and stuff like that. And arguably, beauty is incredibly creative. But when it's judged on your beauty and we're all measuring it by the thinness and the white Eurocentric beauty standards on children already, I think that's quite fucked up. Okay, next question. How do you maintain hope for the future of our world? I see it in glimmers of human beings every single day. I see it in the kindness of strangers. I see it in myself. I see it in the people around me. I see myself changing. You have to change if you want the world to change. And so I think that while you don't want to get too inner and too just focusing on yourself and doing absolutely nothing to help the world, I think that it is important to work on yourself because then your reaction will inspire someone else to change also. Okay, on to the next question. How do you get over losing friends when you become your true self and stop people pleasing? Oh, just don't force yourself to get over it. Um, We don't have any kind of setup for grieving friendships in our society in books. Maybe there is a gorgeous book on grieving friendships, but I've not read it. I think it can be really hard because, yeah, there's no setup. There's no real community for it. So just let yourself take your time. If it takes you fucking years, let it take years. But don't let it consume you that you don't think there's any hope for you. A bit like dating, to be honest. And stop the the act of, you've asked me how to stop people-pleasing. That's a whole different question altogether. But if you're going to tie it with the friendship breakup, perhaps that means not going back to your friends once they've hurt you and you've kind of ended the friendship. I think you can kind of get stuck in those uh, controlling friendships when you keep going back to them, just like a controlling or manipulative partner. Um, Stick to your guns and just know that you've opened up a gaping hole in your life for some 
other beautiful form of love to pour right into it. How to forgive yourself for mistakes made when healing from sexual assault. I'm so sorry about what you've been through. I do have an amazing highlight on my Instagram that I just want to direct you to called For Survivors, where all of my, everyone, most people from my audience sent in some really amazing advice about healing from sexual assault. Firstly, I want to say, this is actually why I wrote this uh, theme into my novel Girl Crush, where Eartha becomes very messy in the novel and you don't really know why. And she's kind of going on this healing journey because healing is messy. You are going to do things that don't make sense to your past self before the incident. You're going to do things that feel a bit out of character to your friends, to yourself, to your family. You could end up saying some things reactively online. You might find yourself in deep anger at the world. You might find yourself hating men if it was a man who assaulted you. You might find it hard to trust people. I would say you'd probably need to find something that's a little anchor for you. An anchor could be anything. It could be a person. It could be a book. It could be a routine. It could be a ritual. It could be going for a walk a day. It could be writing a journal, keeping a journal, writing out down all of your thoughts. I actually kept this journal that just was called uh, Perpetually Exhausted by Men. After I was sexually assaulted, I don't know why I did it. It was my instinct. I just wrote perpetually exhausted by men and then just wrote all of my anger and frustrations, everything I didn't want to say out loud about how angry I was feeling because it's happened time and time again, not just to me, but by most of the women I know, most women on social media, like most women have been sexually assaulted or harassed by men. And it just, you reach this point where you just cannot fucking believe it's still happening so brazenly. Anytime something happens in the media, that can be triggering. So you might want to stay away from the media. And staying away from the media, by the way, is not a bad thing. You can find other sources to get your news if you want to stay updated, but don't feel guilty for tapping out for a bit, babes. You've been through something traumatic. This is a very sensitive period. So if, if, tapping into the news is, make, is triggering you and making you feel anxious. Don't worry about tapping out if that's something that's going to help you. Healing is messy. Please do not stress about having the perfect way of healing. Okay, on to the next question. Do you have tips for holding family accountable? They are very conservative Christians and every time I call them out, I ruin the family dinner. I ignore a lot of their I ignore a lot of their bullshit, but some things are too serious to ignore, i.e. no gays and no abortions. Help. It sounds like your family are quite set in their ways, and it sounds like you've also tried quite a lot to find resolve, so I'm not going to go and tell you to go in all guns blazing again at the dinner table when it's probably very emotionally exhaustive for you. Um, props to you, by the way, for doing that. It takes a lot of courage to do that, to, sh to start discussions like that with people who ultimately... Uh, are metaphorical brick fucking walls to kind of get into. I would say protect your energy. Sometimes your absence in those situations might actually make more of an impact if people realise that you're making a stand for something. If you can avoid these dinners, if you can stop, make a stand in some other way, it, I, I hate the idea of you going into these rooms and feeling like you're fighting a fucking army. I, I would actually suggest protecting your peace. And there are so many other battles this is not me saying give up on your parents or give up on these people, but take a break when needed because it sounds like you're exhausting yourself at the moment. 
I personally found that drip feeding information to people helps. Yeah, sometimes people have just, I've also met people, I know people who have just never met a gay person. And the idea that they have of gay people um, is very warped and skewed because of the media. So then there's the idea of perhaps introducing media to these people in your life who don't like gay people or trans people. Sometimes it takes hearing it from a man. There are so many podcasts. There's one called Man Up with a guy called Justin. He talks a lot about feminism. He's really great. Highly recommend trying to get that into, if if you can at all, getting that into the ears of the people in your family. Sometimes people just need to hear it from a man. It's shit, but it's fucking true. Okay, on to the next question. What should you do if you fall in love with your best friend? So you have so many options. You can do the whole slow burn thing of never really saying anything and then having the painful sexual tension there for years and then when they get with someone being completely heart crushed by it and then you'll be faced with the other option of you didn't know that they liked you the whole time and then you're heartbroken because they're with someone else. You could tell them and then you fear ruining the friendship. Ask yourself how fleeting this crush or or feelings are. If you've been feeling it for a while, then it could be worth bringing up. You can always tell your friend, it's hard for me to be around you because I have these confusing feelings. You might want to insert some physical boundaries into your friendship with your friend. You could say, can we not hold hands? Can we not kiss and cuddle? I don't know what you two are doing, but maybe you are crossing some boundaries where things do come become confusing. So you can insert some physical boundaries in there to preserve the friendship communication is key if you want this person in your life forever whether it works out or not with a date with them i highly recommend having an honest conversation about it you never know okay on to the next question how do i help my friends not put other girls down for example using words like psycho and crazy you could ask them how they would feel how would you feel if you had another girl calling you psycho or crazy and they would probably start getting very reactive i know i would if some mm, Maybe not anymore because I know what those words mean and I know that people often throw them around to kind of discredit you. But I don't know, ask your ask your friends how they would feel if they were called psycho or crazy. And also, you'll end up like lacking trust with your friends because they could also say be saying this stuff about you. Especially if these women that they're talking about are their friends. So you can try, you could be like, let's not be like that. You could say to your friend, come on, let's not be that. Let's not be those girls. Let's not be those girls. Come up with some kind of code word for when gossip gets a bit too much, maybe. Okay, on to the next question. How do you react like a badass to catcallers or how do you react in general? However the fuck you want to and prioritise your damn safety. Prioritise your safety. It's so complex, but your intuition knows when to shout and tell someone to fuck off and when that's safe. And your intuition also knows when you need to just not look someone in the eye and keep walking. Trust your intuition and please do not feel guilty about how you react in the face of harassment. Okay, next question. How do I focus on myself without being in a romantic relationship and still be content? So, listen, being single can be one of the most beautiful periods of your life because you finally get to feel and understand who you are and what your desires are when they're not muddied or influenced by another person. So try and do one nice little thing for yourself a day. Try and get some kind of ritual included into your life, whether it's writing, going for walks, taking yourself out for a day or something. Doing some, a little something that scares you. That's what really helped me when I was in my teens. I went on a little walk and I laid in the middle of a field, listened to the full album of the Black Keys, 
in the sunshine and it was beautiful and after that I could do absolutely anything that scared me because it was a single my, my, my worst fear was being seen alone and it sounds like you have a similar fear here so perhaps try and burst your bubble by doing something alone but go to the cinema alone do something like that not only is it a great practice of being alone and spending time alone but you also kind of walk away feeling really amazing about yourself because you did something without the aid of another person Okay, on to the next question. Any advice for telling your boyfriend that you're bi? I always feel like it will change the way he sees me. It might change the way he's... It probably will change... No, it will. <laughs> it will change the way he sees you. It will. I, I Because it changes the way people see me when they understand I'm bisexual. They uh, It depends depending on who the person is, you know? A straight man might view it as a threat. Uh, if I was in a relationship with a straight man, he might view it as a threat that I fancy all women. If I was talking to a straight woman, she might fear that I fancy her and that I'm about to come on to her if she finds out I'm bi. Um, it's a weird thing of being feminine is no one really assumes you're bi so you come out every single day. It will change the way he sees you and hopefully he will love it because he gets to know you a bit more. Hopefully it's going to be something that he can appreciate about you, ask you questions about, be curious about, maybe not entirely get it at first, but once you explain it to him, I'll understand it. Maybe you want to explain to him, actually, I don't know how I feel, but I know that I'm definitely bi and I'm also on this journey. And hopefully he'll be ready to assist you on that journey with whatever the fuck you need. Okay, on to the next question. How to cope with long distance? You could write love letters. You could write love letters, depending on how far away you are. That might feel a little bit dramatic, but you could write love letters. Maybe you could try to schedule in some time together, FaceTime together, get in a date. One of my friends, her partner, she FaceTimes her partner and they eat dinner from different takeout restaurants on FaceTime. So it's like they're having a dinner date together and they get it all set up. You can play card games on FaceTime. You can do all of these bonding exercises between the two of you so you still get to know each other from a distance. I think consistency would definitely be key. So making sure that you're still scheduling in that quality time even though your schedules might be mismatched. I don't know if there's a time zone difference with you, but you can get through it. You can get through it and anything that's worth the distance, it will stand the test of time. You've got this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Okay, on to the next question. What would be your advice for beginner illustrators? I've just realized that I love illustrating and I feel so late to the game. You're never late to the game, ever. I'm 24 and never did art. It's a totally randomly discovered passion that I never knew I had. How do you learn and develop your skills? Thank you. All you need to do is scroll right down to the bottom of my Instagram account and you will see how crap my first illustrations were. Just scroll right down to the bottom. I started drawing when I was studying art GCSE in school. My art teacher handed me this fashion illustration book and it had drawings of naked women, uh, women drawn in completely disproportionate ways. And I didn't even know that you were allowed to do that. So I picked up this book and I saw human bodies being drawn in a way that was not accurate. It, was, it wasn't like a life drawing. You didn't have to make it look like the people you were drawing. And I found that really liberating and knowing that you didn't have to be perfect at it. So I just started beginning with those drawings, put my own style to it. I always draw women with a gap tooth. I always draw women with an Adam's apple in their throat, uh, wonky boobs, wonky bum. Uh, the thing I am good at drawing though is hands. And I used to take pictures of my hands doing things on self-timer to practice drawing hands. So my beginner's tip is to lead with the messiness. So my illustrations were never accurately drawn as people that look like people. They started with the mess and then the mess kind of became my thing. And now I feel like I have this style of illustration that I, I can do it with my eyes closed. If I draw a face, it will always look like a Florence given illustration face because there's no other way for me to draw faces because I found my style a bit like your handwriting. My style of drawing has now become my own handwriting. So you've said here you're 24 years old and you feel like you're totally late to the game. Absolutely not. I never studied illustration in school. I just did it. And then I went to fashion school in London. So I didn't actually take a course in illustration. Everything I did with my illustration was completely off my own back. And you don't need to get a fucking degree in illustration to feel like you're worthy of doing something. Just start drawing, take pictures of it, scan it in, merge some collages over it. Also, just try image making. Image making is so much fun, whether you're making collages or using typography as well. I love typography. Developed my own font and use that in my book, Women Don't Know You Pretty. There's so many ways that you can design and make your own style that's so unique to you. So my thought would be to just take inspiration from lots of different sources. And that's also how you'll create your own unique style and not one that is similar to anybody else's. I'm so excited for you. 
Okay, on to the next question. Okay, so this is a weird one. I always hear my flatmate and his girlfriend having sex. I kind of fancy them both and think that they may fancy me too. I know she's bi because she's always bringing it up when we're out drinking together. <laughs> Would it be crazy to initiate a threesome? And if so, how do I do this? Lol. We'll only be flatmates until summer as we're in halls and aren't living together next year. Wow. Okay, so I'm trying to think. This is... So your, your flatmate's bringing up that she's bisexual to you every single time she's drunk and you're out together. If you're getting the vibes... You could ask her if you're picking up what she's putting down. I also would be a bit uncomfortable if someone offered me a threesome in a relationship. But maybe they're giving those couple looking for a third vibes, like those couples that you see on Tinder, um, where it's like a really pretty girl on the first one and then you continue swiping and it's a picture of her and her boyfriend at the end. Maybe they're a couple looking for a third. Maybe you could ask if... Maybe you could ask the girl if her and her boyfriend have ever been open to that. Um, I've never been in this situation before. But maybe you could just be curious and ask if that's something that they've ever been into. Like you said, you won't be living together next year. Um, could be a vibe. Okay, next question. What's your favourite breakfast? Hmm. I love a little sourdough with salty butter moment with fried eggs, avocado, feta cheese, little sriracha sauce, chili flakes, and chorizo sausage. That is like the perfect, or maybe with like a little bit of honey as well over the chorizo. Now I'm hungry. That's probably my favorite breakfast. Okay, on to the next question. What are you reading at the moment? Untethered Soul. I've just started reading it. It's been recommended to me so many times over the years, but Untethered Soul is, and that's the book I started reading over the weekend, actually, in the rain. It's supposed to be super fucking life-changing and I'm so excited to finish it. Okay, next question. What is your favourite book from childhood? Twilight, hands down, immediately. No, no thought about it. Twilight. It probably shaped me a lot as a person. I can't even tell you in what way, but Twilight for sure. Also, that's the book. Oh, that's a book I used to read in the rain on my doorstep when I was younger. Maybe that's the reason why I love doing it now. Next question. Who was your first crush? Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. I used to be obsessed with Shane Ward from The X Factor. I can't even tell you why. I used to sing all of his songs whenever he came on TV. But before him, it was probably Zac Efron and Gabriella. Why did I just do one in the real actor's name and one in the show? Troy and Gabriella from High School Musical. I was completely obsessed with them. I've not actually gone that far back. Probably also Bella and Edward and Twilight. Loved that duo. But yeah, Shane Ward was like the roguest crush I ever had. I just remember having a poster of him in my room. Shane fucking Ward. How weird is that? I can't even trace that he that that fancying him has had some kind of impact on me as a person now. But Shane Ward. <laughs> okay, next question. How do I teach my younger brother to be a good feminist? So I have a younger brother, so he's kind of had no choice because I wrote a whole book on feminism. And he wanted to read it. So he's had a very good education on feminism. But in those moments where it's been tough and it's been hard or he said something or done something and I've had to pull him aside, I can generally rely on the fact that my brother does respect me 
for him to listen to me. I think he does really respect me and he does take it in my advice and he does look to me for advice. So my experience with it has actually been very good. He's very open to learning new things. He wasn't initially though. I'd say that my method with it is that I give him the benefit of the doubt in that I know he's a better person than those opinions or those words or those beliefs or whatever. And I say, did you mean to say that? Because that actually, not sure if you knew this, means this. That's a really outdated term. I think there are so many ways that we can educate people without insulting their intelligence or their character. Sometimes people just don't know things because they don't know things. So I guess I've kind of afforded him that uh, compassion in a lot of cases. Okay, on to the next question. I came out to my sister and it's been super awkward ever since. She hasn't really brought it up and I don't know what to say or do. Your sister, let's assume you have a really incredible relationship with your sister and this is new information for her. Perhaps she is just processing it, processing the different person that she now sees you as. I'm not saying it's a reason or a justified excuse. Um, in an ideal world, you come out to your sister and they go, woo, that's amazing. Let's go and celebrate. Let's get a glass of champagne. Let's go out. I want to take you to the next pride. Whatever, whatever it is that you want to hear. That stuff could all be coming. Your sister might be processing her own sexuality. You have no idea. If you have a close relationship with your sister, I definitely recommend just having a conversation with her and telling her how much it means to you that you hear these words or that you hear that she does accept you. Half the time we can build a story up in our heads about what someone is thinking and we actually just need to bring it up to them to see where they're at with it. Try giving a talk with her a go. Okay, next question. Just finished Girl Crush. Loved it. Do you have any other books like it to stop the post-book blues? Thank you so much, whoever sent this in. I'm so glad you enjoyed Girl Crush. Okay, let me think. In at the Deep End is a really good book. Similar kind of vibe in that it's hot, dark, and sexy, quite dark towards the end, a lot like Girl Crush. There's also a book called Bad Dyke, which did inspire me to write Girl Crush, which is so incredible. It's a short little book, maybe like 100 pages long. I think it's... I think it's actually memoir, but it's it's hilarious. Lots of bisexual jokes in there. Lots of jokes about gay sex. Covers some really interesting themes. I fucking love both of those books. That's In at the Deep End and Bad Dyke by Alison Moon. Give them a read. Okay, on to the next question. How do I make new friends in a new city? Instagram, dating apps. I think there's Bumble BFF. If any of those aren't working for you, then maybe you could go to like a local cafe and just continue to frequent it. Work with your laptop in certain places. You can go on like Facebook events. Dice have some really good events on there as well. Go to the places where you would want to go and hang out on your own. See if you can see other people there. I know that there are some amazing Facebook groups as well where you can meet people. Just don't be afraid to introduce yourself to people also because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're not interested and your day will carry on exactly as it had before you spoke to the person. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I love being able to help wherever I can. Same time, same place next week. It's a date. Love you, bye!